Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Racism. Xenophobia. White supremacy. Healthcare protections hanging by a thread. Law enforcement encouraged to commit acts of brutality. Peaceful people being separated from their families. And at the helm, a man beholden to Russia who is so unhinged that his actions could actually lead us to nuclear war. Join Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Together we must stand against the destruction of this country and the ideals we hold dear. Before it's too late. conversation, you can call 646-716-9165. That's area code 646-716-9165. You can also join uh, us in the show uh, chat thread on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan, or you can listen after the live broadcast uh, and leave your comments, questions, and concerns on the show thread at liberaldan.com. This uh, week, hopefully there'll be less uh, technical issues and hopefully everything will come through fine, especially in the first half hour. Um, But first, as always, we'd like to start with this week's headlines. The CEO of Arkema, a chemical company, said Wednesday that there's no way to prevent a possible explosion at the company's Crosby, Texas facility, which had been heavily flooded as a result of Hurricane Harvey. Will the conservative approach here be to claim that we need less government interference? and that government should just get out of the way. The people who need to get out of the way are the people who live near that plant. I mean, seriously, get out now. Donald Trump was recently asked his opinion on Roe versus Wade. His opinion on it? I don't care how they get back to Houston. In world news, Donald Trump has said that talking to North Korea is not the solution. He is half right. Him talking to North Korea is not the solution. Finally, in entertainment news, Game of Thrones had its season finale, and Jon Snow wound up sleeping with his aunt. Who knew that Westeros was an analog for West Virginia? And that was this week's headlines. So, as I said, uh, last week I was having some technical issues, unfortunately. And so what, what, what was going on is I believe it was Cox, my internet provider, that was giving a bad signal. Uh, over the weekend, I had several issues with um, connectivity and yada, yada. So I'm going to give it a shot here again, and hopefully I'm not disappointed. Um, but one of the things that was missed last week uh, was a review of the Tweet of the Week. So instead of just coming up with a new Tweet of the Week this week, I wanted to go through this Tweet of the Week that are from last week, from at iPatchGuy on Twitter. His name is C.A. Punch All Nazis. 
and have a discussion again about what I was talking about that week and some of the opinions. Now, to go back, I've been having some discussions with you know people on Facebook on my personal page, and we have been discussing the ideas of punching Nazis. And, and part of my bringing up these things is to kind of expose a hypocrisy that's out there. And that hypocrisy is that you have people who would bend over backwards or forwards to make excuses for police officers and others who shoot black people. Flat out kill them for no reason. Tamir Rice, for example, shot for no reason. John Crawford at Walmart shot for no reason. I could list all the people who died in police custody or died at the hands of police. There's so many that it's just hard to actually remember every single name at all times. And these people would bend over backwards. But the moment I start saying, punch a Nazi, oh, violence is not the solution, blah, 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 blah. Well, sorry, but these people want to actually kill me. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, there's a big difference between a Nazi who wants to kill me for being Jewish and somebody who actually wants to kill a Nazi to prevent me from being killed for being Jewish or to prevent black people from being killed for being black or anybody else from being killed for the reasons of their birth. So this person, it's more tweets of the week because it's spelled out on Twitter in a long set of tweets. And I'm going to try again to read them now. And hopefully there won't be issues like we had last week. So, starts off. So, some of you have wondered why I like, I take Nazi punch. Let me start that again. So, some of you may have wondered why I take Nazi punching and any randos aversion to Nazi punching. So, for very personally, story time. Most Jews grew up with an intimate knowledge of the Holocaust, so my Nazis are bad, even if they don't have a personal familial connection. Stepping out of these tweets for a second, that would be me. I don't have a familial connection to the Holocaust that I'm aware of. Uh, most of my family was either already here or yeah, I think pretty much think most of my grand, all of my grandparents were here at the time of the Holocaust. My grandfather fled um, Russia, which did have its own anti-Semitic issues. Um, and he, he told me about them when I was doing a, a uh, report on my family history in middle school. But no, none of my family were part of the Holocaust. However, I did have a teacher who personally was in a concentration camp. And whenever we would actually have discussions on, you know, for Yom HaShoah, and they would show videos of what happened in the camps, she couldn't stay in the room. She couldn't handle the conversations. And, you know, I don't obviously don't blame her, but she would have to leave. And her reactions to that and her, you know, trying to be strong but needing to leave was, Plainly, you know, it, it moved me, and not, not not in a good way moved me, but it, it it had an impact on my life. It's something that I will I will not forget. I can see myself sitting in the congregation, in the the I guess the pews of the small little prayer area that we had in one of the little prayer areas, and I can see us watching the video and her leaving um, because she was sobbing so hard because it was just reminding her of the death that was surrounding her at the time. So, as he continues, my family wasn't one of those 
I've mentioned a few times my great-grandmother and my great-aunt who died at Treblinka. There's also my great-uncle, from whom I took my Hebrew name, since there's no Hebrew version of Colin, who died in the Warsaw Ghetto. But even they were abstractions. How could they not be? They died nearly 50 years before I was born. My cousin Ruth, though, was something else entirely. Ruth, an Auschwitz survivor, was living, breathing testament to the Holocaust. She'd been a young teenager when the Nazis took her. I have to believe that during the early 1940s, hell was empty because all of the devils must have been in Auschwitz. Many Holocaust survivors, understandably, couldn't talk about what had happened. They'd break down just recalling it. Even the ones who could talk about it would, again, understandably get upset or only be able to discuss it for so long. And again, stepping out, these were, this is my situation with um, Maura Raiden, the teacher, Maura's Hebrew for teacher. Um, she was in the concentration camp. I forget which one. Um, but again, she could only talk about it for very, very briefly until she would have to break down and not talk about it anymore. Back to the tweets. The incredible thing about Ruth, though, was that she'd talk about it without hesitation, with total calm, for as long as you had questions. When I was in ninth grade, my English class read The Chosen. We visited the Holocaust Memorial that year, too. When my teacher found out my cousin was an Auschwitz survivor, he asked if she'd be willing to come in and speak to the class. Of course she was, being Ruth. She came in and told the class about the horrors she'd seen. She didn't spare any details. Why should she? My classmates were horrified. They broke down. Me, I was unfazed. Not because it wasn't truly horrific, but because I'd been hearing about it since I was seven. None of it was new to me. I think I was five the first time I asked her what Ruth's tattoo was. She told me with that calm I might have found disturbing had I been older. See, Jews, particularly those whose families were marked by the Holocaust, don't shield their kids from those details. And that's very true. Speaking as somebody who was raised Jewish, we were not shielded from that. We were exposed to what happened because it was very important for us to learn about that. We know them intimately. We were raised on them. The simple fact is we cannot afford not to be. But I realized watching my classmates' reactions to the stuff, they didn't know any of it. They really didn't. They understood in abstract what Nazis were, but didn't know anything of the particulars. Nazis were bad was pretty much as far as it went. It occurs to me now with everything going on, that's how people decide that maybe those advocating punching Nazis are the real problem. That's how one becomes so deeply committed to the fetishization of nonviolence that they think Nazis aren't an oblivious screaming exception. They don't understand that this enemy is not one that can be reasoned with. It is not one against whom principles of pacifism can apply. Evil, true evil of the sort Ruth witnessed firsthand from the SS to Mengele himself. The only way to fight that is with violence. You cannot, cannot wait for it to escalate to the point where it is an immediate threat. It, it, its existence is already an immediate threat. You don't beat it with hugs. You don't beat it with debate. Nonviolent resistance ceases to function when the enemy sees your eradication. The only way to fight that once you fully re understand what it is is to crush it utterly. There is no better path. To insist we fight it in your way is to tacitly admit that you care more about your precious ideals than the lives which will be destroyed. Because they will be destroyed. Keep telling yourself it can't happen here. Actually, don't, because, of course, it can. The only way to stop that is by crushing it now before it becomes the immediate threat you so gallantly whinge about. Not with words. You can't fight it with words. With fists. To those who think, well, that makes us as bad as them, I offer truly a deeply heartfelt fuck you. 
don't you dare equate the necessary violence of fighting fascism with an ideology that wishes me dead purely because of my birth. And if you're not a member of any group, the Nazis would come for. You are cordially invited to shut the F up forever. You do not have skin in this game. You do not get to lecture us about what actions are appropriate in the name of our survival. You do not get to impose your idea of what constitutes a valid resistance to Nazism upon people who have far more at stake than you. I'll end this by saying I will never ch- I'm never changing my Twitter handle ever. Punch Nazis until the end of effing time. So, strong words, and I agree with them wholeheartedly. You cannot win these people over with talk, by talking nice. You cannot win these people over by, you know, I've, I've watched videos where you had um, that guy that was arrested um, in Charlottesville. He was all about saying about he wanted to kill the Jews. Uh, another interview of another Nazi family basically saying that all of the Jews should be uh, murdered. Women, children, everything. All needed to be murdered. Why? Because it was for the good of the white race, I guess. I can't speak for Nazis. I don't know. I can understand Nazis. I don't know. All I understand is the fact that they want me dead and my children dead because they're the, son, they're the sons of a Jewish man. They would want, probably want my wife dead for marrying a Jew, even though she's not Jewish herself. Um, they would want my family dead, friends dead, everybody dead, simply because of the way we were born. And it's not just about Jews. Black people, too. Anybody who was in that group of people who are not considered to be white by the people who consider themselves purely white, despite the fact that they're actually not, despite the fact that genetic testing would show clearly the opposite, that there is a mixture of DNA in there and that they are not, quote, as pure as they would consider themselves to be, end quote. So that is my discussion a little bit about the tweet of the week. It, it, it's very important to understand this, that, that these people, this is just completely different. And, and the idea, and I said this on Facebook, I said, look, if you want to lecture me about how I need to respond to Nazis, then you need to just think about it maybe like four times before actually typing your response, because thinking about it once is not enough. Because you, especially if you have, as the tweets said, if you have no skin in the game, you really have. You've never learned it. You don't know. I mean, I don't know as well as my teacher does, did. But I was exposed to it. It was very important. If I wasn't learning it at school, watching the shows at school, I would be watching it at home with my parents. My parents would show me, my grandparents would show me what happens. What happens when people believe that people of a certain religion, people of a certain race, what happens when they believe that you should just eradicate people? Humans can do the most evil of things, and you cannot let them win. And I'm a proponent of self-defense. I'm a proponent of proactive or preventive self-defense. If you look like you're a threat to me, a legitimate threat to me, let's, let's, let's go back to the cops example for a second. If somebody pulls a gun out, I'm not 
waiting. I'm not, I'm not saying a police officer needs to wait to be shot in order for them to shoot back. No. Someone pulls an actual gun out. Shoot. Now you should make sure that it's an actual gun. You know, a little kid pointing around a gun in a park, a toy gun in a park, shouldn't be assumed to be a real gun. But you need to, if, if, you, if you have somebody who's firing shots at people, you know, take them down immediately before any harm is done. You're pulling out a gun, pulling out a knife, take them down. That's why one of the reasons I am I'm pro-Second Amendment. I support the rights of law-abiding citizens to own guns. I think there should be more regulations on them. I think we should get rid of loopholes in the gun show, loopholes, simply because of the fact that you have people who can get guns who shouldn't be. But at the end of the day, I'm not begrudging people from owning a gun. And you know what? If this Nazi threat becomes more legitimate, I may actually change my own mind on whether or not I'm going to own one or not. Because I will protect myself with force, with deadly force if necessary, from anybody who will come after me and my family. Period. So... If you have words to say with me about that, I welcome you to bring it because we will have that discussion and I will explain to you. If you haven't learned yet, I would have you listen to this first quarter of the radio show first. But if you haven't learned yet, then we can have that discussion. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Come back, take your calls. Area code 646-716-9165. 646-716-9165. That's Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on RLJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica RW, and Autumn S. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from an independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in. RLJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. To join the conversation, it's 646-716-9165. That is area code 646-716-9165. Um, of course, after the first commercial break, 
Um, I do want to go into words of redneck wisdom. Uh, it's a very brief one. I'll explain afterwards because it's very surreal. And now, this week's words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Alcohol is the real liquid Jew. Like Jewish liberalism, it obliterates proper judgment and turns people into raving, reckless, dangerous idiots. You have just heard more words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Anyway, so, yeah, all right, so just as a reminder as to what Words of Redneck Wisdom is, it's me voicing the trash that comes from, usually from one specific blog, but if I find some other rednecky stuff, I, uh, I'll download it and copy it and, and paste it into there, and so I don't have to do the my rednecky voice that week. Um, but they were talking, so, the head of this blog was talking about how, what is it, uh, some energy drinks or something? Um, and how they mess you up and uh, they get you hooked on caffeine and and apparently he started calling uh, the monster drinks liquid Jew. I don't know why it's liquid Jew, but apparently there you go. Um, drinking me apparently is bad for your health. And somebody this is actually somebody something one of his respondents some one of. So he's not just blogging. This is somebody else's response to his blog post, basically saying, no, alcohol is the real liquid GU. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the, quote, wisdom, end quote, that they're imparting on, on the blog to their racist, white supremacist masses. These people are sick. Um, but I, will, I believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. I believe that exposing racists for what they are is, the best way to just show everybody how it still exists because people for a long time, I think really just thought that they were just a little minor exception. And, and I've been following this guy, you know, who's the main guy that I quote for a little bit. Again, this guy is a guy who went to CPAC and said that um, Frederick Douglass should have uh, forgiven his slave master for giving him a place to stay and food to eat. And I mean, this is in front of a, the, a group of black conservatives at this at the CPAC convention, and he managed to offend all of them. So, uh, but it's just ridiculous. Just these people are just absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, so so much stuff going on. Uh, we have the issue of. Hurricane Harvey, um, I was, you know, contemplating evacuating, depending. There was a lot of people in New Orleans, though, who, I think it was Thursday, I went to go get gas, cause just simply just because my tank was low, and I needed some gas. And Costco was backed up to the edge. I mean, it's usually maybe, besides the two cars that are in there getting pumps at any given pump at any given time, there's usually another two waiting at the most and usually that's not in all of the pumps you can usually pull up and be one of the next ones that goes nope there was like at least six to eight people at each 
pump waiting to get gas. And I actually went back later, and it was still just as bad. And then I was doing a bunch of Uber driving, and so I had to fill up either the next day or the day after. And, of course, there was no, absolutely none, no people waiting in line. It was just, boom, there you go, done. I'm like, really? So, but you have just so many issues that have been being exposed here with the hurricane and with conservatism and hypocrisy and people want to say, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't be discussing making this all things political, but it's time to be political folks. This, this is, there are people on the ground who are doing the job that needs to be done to help the people get out. And there are other ways, there are ways you can help. You can donate money. And that's probably the best way if you don't live here. And if you're not going to go volunteer over, if you don't live there, if you don't, if you can't volunteer over there, Maybe one of the best ways things to do is to actually just send money, find a good organization, one whose profit, who profits, whose proceeds go to more towards helping people, less towards executive pay, that sort of thing. So, because non-for-profits are terrible things sometimes, because you you can act like a for-profit and pay your CEOs and your other executives high dollar amounts just for being CEOs and you know you can wind up doing less good than you would have done had you donated the money to a more meaningful place so one of the things that was being talked about I'll talk about this before we hit the break is you had Donald Trump basically saying and in, in, in the uh, enforcement arm of immigration services, the INS, basically saying that they were going to continue and going to um, keep border patrol checkpoints open during the evacuation. So basically, according to this Vox article, uh, the successful evacuation of large areas of Texas in Hurricane Harvey um, could cause damaging the damage. Um, the White House statement issued Friday urged residents to heed the advice and orders of local state officials. Um, however, many people who live in Texas are unauthorized immigrants uh, who has very good who have very good reason to not trust the government in general, especially those who are here under DACA, uh, especially those who are people who have been filing the proper paperwork. Um, and so these people are going to be less likely to evacuate and we're less likely to evacuate and more likely to get impacted by the storm directly simply because they didn't want to be deported. This is, this is just ridiculous. Whatever you feel about illegal immigration, whatever you feel about people who are here in violation of our border policies, simply being here illegally is not something that's worthy of a death sentence. And forcing people to stay put in the middle of a Category 4 hurricane pretty much amounts to a potential death sentence. There's no reason why these people shouldn't have been allowed to get it. You know what? Do, I, I may disagree with your actions, with the, with the actions of the Trump administration on immigration and border policy. I might, you know, I would, might urge if I was president to do a different, a better way of doing things. However this is not the time to pick up and, and all Trump's been doing pretty much from what I can see 
is picking low-hanging fruit. He's getting the good people. He's not focusing on the, quote, bad hombres that he claimed to be talking about. He's focusing on people who have wives and kids, people who have families, people who are doing work, not people who are causing problems, not people who are selling drugs, not people who are murdering or killing or raping or whatever. He's focusing on the low-hanging fruit, the easy to get, because if you get the easy to pick ones, you can make yourself look like you're acting in behalf of the safety of the American people. But in reality, you're not. You're really not. Because you, you, are, you, you are harming actual families that are together, families, you know, even with potentially American citizens, because if their children were born here, the American citizens who now have to go without their father because their father, even though the father was, was following the rules under previous administrations, now they're screwed. It's, it's terrible. And in the middle of, a, middle of a damned hurricane where people are coming and, and lives are at risk, this administration wants to say, oh, well, we're going to stop you, potentially, and we could, you know, we, could, we could detain you and then deport you. Message from the Trump agency. The Border Patrol is a law enforcement agency, and we will not abandon our law enforcement duties. Well, you know what? Maybe you should during a time of a natural disaster. Maybe you should focus more on the efforts of saving people's lives than worrying about who is here without the proper documentation. It's sick. It's absolutely sick. And I've asked this question so many times now, I feel like it's getting old to, to people that I know who are still Trump supporters. Why? What about this guy makes you like him so much that you don't believe allows me to call you a racist or a bigot or at least a sympathizer of racism and bigotry? Because I'm not going to say that every single person who voted for Donald Trump is a racist or bigot because I believe people were misled, clearly. But I was telling people from mid-June that we have the we – I read this before, two, three weeks ago. We have the playbook on how white supremacy works, on how Nazism works, on how bigotry works. We know how they act. We know how they do. We – see it coming and we're warning you and you're not listening to us. And now it's too late because Donald Trump is in, is, is in charge and he's doing the horrible things that everybody knew that he was going to do. And probably even worse than what we thought he was going to do. But yet you're still going to sit here and, and wear your MAGA hat. Ridiculous. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our commercial break. Come back. With your phone call, there you code 646-716-9165. That's 646-716-9165. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.
If you need legal representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs. So should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to cassiezcharms.origamiowl.com. That is C-A-S-S-I-E-Z charms.origamiowl.com and contact Cassie today. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To come in, or call in, it's area code 646-716-9165. That's 646-716-9165. Now, if it wasn't for the technical difficulties last week making the other tweet, Tweet of the Week, I would have made this one Tweet of the Week, and I do feel the need to share it. Anyway, I just share it on my Twitter feed. Um from at Jake underscore Vig. Uh, it says, Cersei is going to have a new wall built and the White Walkers are going to pay for it. Hashtag Game of Thrones. Perfect. <laughs> Just perfect after that, after the season finale. Um, that's amazing. Anyway, and it would have been Tweet of the Week had I not needed to not uh, talk about other ones. Um, but also tuned with the new music that I found to, to be able to use with a Creative Commons license, thankfully, um, for a Hypocrite of the Week. And I've given the link on, on my uh, blog and the, the show page to talk about the show, you know, give credit where credit is due because that's what you have to do. And I haven't quite figured out exactly if I need to credit every single shop that I use this in or not or if I can simply just put it on my blog. But until then, I'll just play it safe. But – for a hypocrite of the week, it's not Donald Trump this week. Guess who? This week's hypocrite of the week is Joel Osteen, who has turned away people in their time of need during the hurricane in Houston. Maybe we shouldn't be so surprised. Back in 2015, he said this. God can see a thousand things that we cannot see. God may close the door because you're believing too small. If he opened it, it would limit what he wants to do in your life. So while he may hypocritically turn people away, he is also one who practices what he preaches. To see who the next hypocrite of the week will be, tune in next week to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Yeah, so Joel Austin took the place of hypocrite of the week this week because after he, he's claiming now that it wasn't the case, that, that, that the doors were always open, but apparently people found that otherwise, found that to be fake news. And basically said that this is false, that he did 
closed the doors to people. And of course, he changed his mind after much public rebuke and criticism. So there's that. Um, now, so let's talk more a little bit more about uh, the storm. And remember when Hurricane Sandy hit? Or actually, first, let's go back way back in the way back machine back to Hurricane Katrina. Remember when people were saying that maybe New Orleans shouldn't be rebuilt because it's, you know, under sea level and why would people live there? And Dennis Hastert and other idiots were trying to say that, you know, money shouldn't be sent to these areas. Um, And New Orleans is a, even though there were conservative areas that were hit, um, they were mostly talking about New Orleans because New Orleans is of course the liberal city down here. And you had, Many people who, you know, oh, small government, small government, this is the role of government, blah, blah, blah. Hurricane Sandy hits New Jersey. Even though New Jersey has a Republican governor, Hurricane Sandy hits New Jersey. People like Senator Ted Cruz start fighting aid for Hurricane Sandy, blah, blah, blah. You could probably do I could say what they said, but you've probably heard it already. So who wants aid for Texas now? Of course, Senator Ted Cruz wants aid for Texas. Why? Because he's a hypocrite. And he could have been hypocrite of the week if it wasn't for Joel Osteen and his uber-religious uber hypocrisy. So, and this, this gets down to the whole hypocrisy amongst conservatives. It's, we want small government asterisk. We want small government, except we want government to go in to invade women's vaginas. We want small government, except we want government to ban gay marriage. We want small government, except we want government to prevent other religions from coming here and to only make it safe for Christian people to live here. And maybe, and maybe we'll give lip service to Jews, maybe, depending on who's, who's in charge. We want small government, and we don't want to pave to rebuild liberal cities, but when conservatives – I mean, Houston is also kind of liberal, but it's in a conservative state. So, therefore, guess what? They're now going to start crying for their money. So – if these conservatives believed in free market solutions so well, why are they not endorsing those free market solutions to heal Houston? Here's the answer. They don't work. Free market, free market isn't even – I had this discussion, again, on my Facebook page today with somebody. I was talking about power grids and electricity and how – how having one provider of electricity isn't necessarily the best for the people. And he was like, oh, it's a liberal supporting the free market? Well, actually, I support uh, infrastructure, power grid infrastructure being owned and controlled by government, and I support uh, the ability of multiple electricity companies to come onto the grid and sell their power. And if they sell their power on that grid then people can pick and choose where they want to get their power from. And each kilowatt hour worth of power that you buy, a fraction of that cost goes to the maintenance and upkeep and repair of those power lines. So there should be no power. There should never be a profit motive in determining who gets fixed and when and why. And I brought this up earlier today because I live in New Orleans about a good five five hours away, five to six hours away from Houston. Guess what? I lost power today. There was nothing. 
going on. A tree branch happened to fall from some breeze that came through and fell on some electrical equipment. And that's why we lost power. So the idea that, you know, but it's, it's not the free market that actually helps the people in that situation. It's, it's competition amongst electro- electricity providers. People want to be able to put their electricity on that grid so they can sell it and people are going to choose to buy the cheapest one. So you're going to have electricity companies putting their costs down lower and lower and lower and lower. Then you could even have people who, who uh, have solar panels who create excess energy pump energy back onto that grid and sell their energy for themselves. It's never purely just the idea of a free market that's good for consumers. It's the competition. Multiple companies combating for your services, for your for you using their services or buying their goods is what's good for consumers. Because in a free market, in a purely unregulated free market, you can wind up with the eventuality of having a monopoly. That monopoly can then create uh, barriers to entry into that market with economies of scale. And they can basically make it so that competition is impossible. This is why you need regulations. And these, these utilities are clearly not regulated enough because we have a slight wind. Someone farts the wrong way on the West Bank of New Orleans and a tree falls, and a tree branch falls and interrupts power service to 2,000 people. It's ridiculous. So, you know, same thing goes with cable. We have no, my internet last week was problematic. I couldn't, I didn't have a show really for half of half. All you heard from the show was my bits that I created. Woohoo. You know, without any sort of opinion or explanation as to what they're about. But guess what? You know, I have no I have no competition here in New Orleans for internet. There's there's really none. I mean, the only other one it's it's horrible. It's not even worth mentioning. So I'm stuck with Cox and their horrible service that always gives us problem all the live long day. And I'm, and we have to pay so much for it. And we've even cut most of our Cox services because they're ridiculously priced. So no, you're not going to convince me that a free market, that's the issue. That's the issue. Now, some free market principles can help um, as long as there's competition. It's why I support Uber and Lyft. It's why I drive for Uber and Lyft. It's a great marketing concept. Taxi cab companies have lost customers, and there was, there was a bunch of customers in, in New Orleans just waiting for something else. It came, and the amount of people who took transportation services jumped by a million in the first year with no real dip on the part of the taxi cab companies. Why? Because there were people who were, there was, there were services that were not demand that was not being met. And if you have competition, the people compete against each other. And, and Uber and Lyft have an interesting situation because they both have to try and undercut each other on price to make it cheaper for the, for the riders to make the option to go here or there. However, on the other hand, you also have a situation where they need to make sure that, that you have the right drivers. So they have to give enough incentives to drivers to go out there. So it's a really interesting time in that, but I'm not really talking about ride sharing at this point. I'm just more talking about the idea that it's not free market solutions that are the answer. 
Free markets don't rebuild cities after hurricanes. The federal government helps to rebuild cities after hurricanes. Sure, there are private businesses that bid for contracts and does do the work. That's fine. I don't care that we don't necessarily have to have, I'm not saying that the government has to control all the labor force, but we need to have the government there as a safety blanket to help, safety net to help cities rebuild after disasters because usually states don't have the money to do it. Texas might be a state that might have the money to do it, but they might come a billion dollar shirt from what I've heard because Trump's still obsessed about the goddamn wall. It's going to be the best wall I've ever made. Who cares if it keeps the water in in Houston? We need the wall. Stagnating water and damage done by hurricanes are nothing compared to the bad hombres and what they do. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the last commercial break. Come back, take your calls as well. 646-716-9165. That's 646-716-9165. Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs. So should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to cassiezcharms.origamiowl.com. That is C-A-S-S-I-E-Z charms.origamiowl.com and contact Cassie today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 646-716-9165. That's 646-716-9165. It's been brought to my attention that there is a Nashville Public Radio, there's Curious Nashville, and they're, they've linked to my podcast. Unfortunately, they linked to my podcast from last week. So... I mean, I don't know if they actually downloaded it. I have to do a little research, but someone took a screenshot. Um, But they actually used the podcast from last week, which, of course, is short, which doesn't have – which doesn't actually have all the content because of my stupid cable. But, 
<laughs> and then, of course, I found a typo, the Trump presidency. So not only is there potentially somebody ripping off my podcast and trying to use it for their own purposes, maybe, but they used the one that had the technical difficulty and the typo. So at least I don't, I, I, not only are they potentially taking my, my stuff that I've made and using it for themselves, but they're also, uh, they're also exposing my typos and my bad internet. I don't know. It even is, that's just terrible. Anyway, so I'm going to be doing some research about that in about 12 minutes when my show ends, and I'm going to see what happens and what comes up there. But um, I was just briefly looking at that during the commercial break, and I'm just I'm shocked. I really am. Just why'd you have to pick that? Why couldn't you pick my serious dinner show? Why couldn't you get the welcome back show? For, not that show. Anything but that show. Come on. Come on. To uh. That's actually something that John Osterland used to say. Um, the one who named me liberal band. Like, Come on! I probably don't do it as well as he does, but anyway. So there was... To end it, I want to change subjects a little bit because this is something that I did want to talk about. A, a report came out on the 24th after last show. And it was um, Bernie Sanders supporters who ultimately voted for Trump. And so they did a poll... And typically when you do the Trump approval rating surveys from nationwide, they poll about 800 to 1,500 people. So, and that's a decent sample size. It's a hyper, it, it doesn't seem, it's kind of counterintuitive. It doesn't seem like it's legit, but 50,000 people were surveyed for this. Um, University of Massachusetts Amherst, uh, Professor Brian Schaefer, Schaffner, um, that one in 10 people who voted, for, who voted for Bernie Sanders in the primaries ended up voting for the Republican in the general election. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that if you go into the state specifically, Michigan there was 598,943 Sanders primary voters. Of the polling data, 8% voted for Trump, which means that there are 47,000 people, 47,915 people who voted for Sanders in the primary and Trump in the general. And Trump's margin of victory in, the, in Michigan, 10,000. Pennsylvania, 731,881 Sanders primary voters, 16% of them voted for Trump, which is 117,100 people. Trump won Pennsylvania by 44,000. Wisconsin, 570,192 people voted for Sanders in the primary. 9% voted for Trump of those people, 51,317 estimated Sanders voters voted for Trump in a state that went for Trump by 22,000. You didn't even need to have them vote for Hillary. Had they voted for Jill Stein, Hillary Clinton would have won. Why did these people vote the way that they do? Well, somebody has said that this is a reason why we should have open primaries and and I completely disagree with that concept. I mean, 
Open primaries for like actual seats, fine. I thought we have that in Louisiana. It's cool. But open primaries for who a party endorses, that should be up to each state party to decide. Why? Because there are some states, maybe like California, uh, that have lots of liberals in it. And maybe not all liberals are voted are registered Democrats. However, a lot of the independent people in Louisiana are conservatives. And do you really want people who are conservative voting for the Democratic primary instead of the Republican primary? Especially if the Republican primary is decided? Now, there's one thing that I don't know after all of this research is that um, what is what, 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 what are these states? I didn't look up if these states were actual open or closed primary. It's possible that all of these three states might have been open primaries, so you may have had some weirdos who you know were kind of were kind of just oddball. We need change. It doesn't matter what the change is type voters. I don't know. Um, and maybe they were open primary voters, but I just don't understand. I don't get the, and maybe they were just, maybe it was people. If, if it was these open states, maybe there were conservatives who decided my vote in the, in this primary is, and this is important in the Republican side, but on the democratic side, maybe it is important. Maybe I can screw with them. So maybe you had some people who were screwing around with the totals a little bit and saying, okay, I'm just going to go mess around with the democratic primary and, but I'm really going to vote for a Republican general election because that's what I stand. So is that possible? Sure. Do I think that all 8%, how many of those 8% are people who were just fooling around in the election and were trying to infiltrate the Democratic primary? I don't know. You have a lot of conservatives who, while they, they, may, they might consider voting in the Democratic primary if they were you know, an independent voter, um, but they probably wouldn't still want to register as a Democrat because they wouldn't want that taint on them or whatever, <laughs> and whatever they would feel that would be. Um, but I don't think I don't know if it's significant enough that people would would have done it. I mean, you have Pennsylvania, sixteen percent. Do I think eight percent of Sanders primary voters were people who were just in there trolling? And even if it was half, you still even if people you still had. Another, what, if it was half of that, you'd still have about almost 60,000 people who, if they would have just voted for Stein instead of Trump, Hillary would have won Pennsylvania. And this is what I was talking about all last year, why things votes are so important, why you have to not be so hardcore letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. You have to look at things. You have to, when you're voting in elections, you have to sit here and say, what is the important thing? And, and to me, and I will debate this till I'm blue in the face, the most important issue in that last election was the Supreme Court, period. Having control of the Supreme Court was vital to protect those things. And I'm beating a dead horse now because it's too late, because we already have one replacement put in because we couldn't get um, Obama's nominee through. So now because we have Comrade Trump, we are dealing now with these potential, potentially horrible 
picks. What happens if RB something, God forbid, happens to RBG? If Trump gets to replace her, and I've said this on my podcast before, and I'll say it again, my biggest concern is now that the filibuster is all but gone, and they can do it because the Democrats open the door for this. They can just use the nuclear option to use the filibuster on whatever they want to filibuster or to stop the filibuster on whatever they want to stop. There's nothing preventing Trump at this point in time from saying we need 11 Supreme Court justices. We need 13 Supreme Court justices. We need 15 Supreme Court justices. Oh, and guess what? I get to name all of them. Then what happens? Any right that you felt that you had, that you hold dear, later, it's gone. There's nothing that can be done at that point. We have given the keys away to the Corvette. We have given the insane people control of the nuthouse. This is my doomsday scenario. If that happened, I would seriously consider moving countries. But at that point, you have this crazy nut job in charge of the country. Are you you really safe anywhere in the world? You're not. Because he has the finger on the button and he'll have a Supreme Court that will back him 100%. So that's, that's, that's what could happen, folks. Tried to do it before under FDR. Tried to expand the court. It didn't work back then. It can work now because we've, we've, we've basically eliminated the usefulness of the filibuster. And you can blame Democrats for that, guys. I will continuously blame Democrats for that because the Republicans always threatened to pull that trigger. The Democrats did it. So thank you, Democrats in the Senate. You created this mess. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Only people that can stop it, that can stop anything right now in this presidency are the handful, the very tiny few handful of Republican senators who can stop that plug, who can stand with the people on the other side of the aisle and say, this is wrong, this needs to stop. And we only have three maybe reliable people who can do that. And I'm not even saying they're reliable. McCain, who completely punked McConnell, and then you have the two females who stood long before McCain, Collins and uh, the Alaskan one, Murkowski, I want to say. And I would have never thought she would have been a reliable one to stand up. But when you saw what was happening in healthcare, especially when it came to women's health, they, would, they actually stepped up and did the right thing. Anyway, that is the end of this week's show. Uh, follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan and LiberalDan.com. YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio as well. Until next week at 8 p.m. Central, this is Dan Zimmerman with Blog Talk on Blog Talk Radio with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.